0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The uh, governor of the Bank of Canada, Tiff Macklin, has said lifting the pandemic stimulus sooner would have limited inflation. Professor Eric Cam, Macroeconomics, Toronto Metropolitan University, joins us. Professor Cam, I believe uh, Mr. Macklin also said that that's hindsight. Well, as a member of the public, and not exactly the world's most qualified economist or banker, I'm entitled to hindsight. But I expect the Bank of Canada to have some foresight and be able to at least have a sense of where we're going. And their track record, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, their track record in predicting where we're going, not stellar.
1: Not stellar at all, and you're right. I mean, hindsight is... 2020. But that's not what they're paid for. They're paid to look forward and say, how are we going to handle rocky roads? And they're supposed to have contingency plans for the different roads, which may be rocky. But let's just take a look at the evidence for a second, Roy, because I think that people enjoy facts. And the fact is, is that the Bank of Canada has raised the policy rate six times since March, taking it from 0.25 to 375 Or, if you like big numbers, um, in the last 24 months, the $120 billion that our Bank of Canada owed is now $575 billion. And make no mistake, this happened in response to the pandemic. The government went out and purchased Government of Canada bonds to the tune of about $5 billion a week. Now, yes, they've stopped that now, but for about two and a half years. Think about that $5 billion a week of bonds. And so, is I, it As soon as
0: wonder? when you said that I was stunned.
1: Yeah, well, you should be stunned and everybody should be stunned. And that's why I like to bring numbers to your show, because I think sometimes the facts get lost in the rhetoric. And as you know, I think I'm a fair guy. I've, I've held Mr. Macklem up in a very good light. I, I he's a very intelligent man, but Part of being intelligent and part of having a public sector job like he does and like I do is knowing when to say, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. And the Bank of Canada has conceded now that they've made a huge mistake. And they can say it's the supply chain and the war in the Ukraine. But the reality is what happened during the pandemic was heinous. And now also you and I have discussed a lot about the relationship between the Bank of Canada and the government of Canada, because the government would like to believe that the like you to believe that they're at arm's length from the Bank of Canada, but you have to look at what the bank did five billion dollars worth of bonds a week. Yeah. Why, for their own satisfaction? No, Roy. Someone was telling them that we have to put that type of liquidity into the system. Well, they did, and here we are, Roy.
0: So the bank itself, the Bank of Canada itself, is uh, dealing with a loss, is it not?
1: Well, of course. And that's, you know, there's two things I think that we should bring out again in terms of useful evidence for the listeners. Number one is for the first time in the history since people have walked the planet, the Bank of Canada is losing money. It is losing money (laughs) because if you look at the money that they have to pay out, that's at a variable interest rate. The money that they brought in is at a fixed interest rate. And whereas it used to be a 0.25 difference between those two things, now it's an enormous difference between those two things. So the bank is actually going to lose money, ripping the veil off the fact, Roy, that the bank is just a bank. Only this bank isn't operating very well. And number two, and this scares me, because as you know, the only thing I'm, I'm, um, I think, beholden to are people and uh, people that are trying to put roofs over their heads and foods on their table Half of variable mortgage holders have hit what's called the trigger rate, half of them. And the trigger rate is where you're paying your mortgage monthly or biweekly, but you're doing nothing but paying the interest. And Roy, I mean, I don't know how else you want to add this up. This is a crisis. We're not getting to a crisis. We're at a crisis.
0: Okay. So here's the layman's question. We've gone from 0.25% interest rate established by the Bank of Canada in 2020 and 2021 to 8, 1, 8.1% in June of this year and 6.9% now. What sort of schedule do you consider reasonable for getting the interest rate under control and start to push it back downward? Mr. Mackleman has said, said it this week that while the bank is still far from its goal, quote unquote, of low, stable, predictable inflation, they're going to get there. What what kind of schedule might we expect? Any idea?
1: Well, again, I'm predicting, I haven't run this through any econometric software, but it's going to be a year or two. And here's why I say that, because Mr. Macklem did come out this week and say, the only thing we can do is raise rates. Well, he's right. That is the only thing the Bank of Canada can do, because it's the only arsenal that they have. They're going to raise rates. What's what's not being kind of stated out loud is why is it going to take a year or two, or maybe even three on on the outer side. And it's because that's just measuring the magnitude of what's gone on. You know, people say, well, this should have happened yesterday. Well, okay, that's asking a lot. Um, An economy isn't isn't a physics laboratory. We don't pull a lever and then something happens. It has to work its way through the system. And we know, Roy, that there's time lags to that. But when you're being told that the time lag is a year or two or three, I really hope what people are listening is we let this get so bad so fast that we have to build in this type of expectation time because that's going to take how long it's going to be until we actually start to make a dent in this problem.
0: And the thing to remember is all of these factors that you and I are talking about now, that you're informing us of now, all of this affects each and every person in a very personal way. Now, there are some people who are economically reasonably well off and they can sustain the challenging times better than others. But there are other people who are caught up in this and are just at the mercy of what's happening to them. And that's when I always feel like there's a responsibility factor here, the responsibility quotient. Live up to it. Hindsight is okay for me, not for you.
1: And I totally agree, Roy. And so you and I, we fight the good fight. And that's why I come on when invited and try to show some data and put things into some uh, contemporary perspective. And so I just want people to know, and especially if you're one of the people right now that is one or two paychecks away from insolvency, that this is going to get better before it gets worse. I mean, people say, who do these who do these economic times um, hurt the most? That's a stupid question, Roy. The answer is poor people. Yeah. Everything that happens in the economy hurts poor people the most. And yeah. so I'm asking people that are financially unstable, and sadly that's now a much bigger chunk of the population than it was a year ago, to hang on, control your consumption, save as much as you can, because this is far from over.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts,